The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders radio show and network. And for all of you that are listening today, I am telling you right now, this guest that we have on our show today is an inspiration to every single one of you. And I don't care who you are, where you are, what you're doing. Um, I hope you listen in today because it's not too often we run into a young lady like Haley Richmond, who is here with me today who is the executive director of not one, but two nonprofit organizations that serve our seniors that primarily have Alzheimer's, but obviously um, are helping with kids getting, um, you know, benefiting from intergenerational type programs um, with seniors. And Haley, you're in Long Island, New York, and you're here live with me on Answers for Elders. So welcome, welcome, welcome to our program. Thank you. Haley, you're 14 years old. And I am so, when I heard about you the other day, it's like, I have to meet you. I have to meet you. And I'm so thrilled to have that opportunity. So tell me a little bit, just just tell our listeners about you and your background and how you got into this. So when I was four years old, my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease And I felt very alone and isolated because no one was really going through what I was going through. So I went online with my mom and we looked and we saw there were no support groups for kids, only for adults. So Mm -hmm. I thought, well, why don't I create my own? So I created Kid Caregivers, which is a nonprofit that gives tips, ideas and suggestions to kids who are dealing with loved ones with Alzheimer's disease. And I shared my own personal experiences to help people realize that they aren't alone and that there's solutions to the issues. Absolutely. There are. And, you know, I can so appreciate what you're talking about. I, you know, I was an adult child in 2005 when my mom started declining and she had dementia. She didn't have Alzheimer's, but um, I know that feeling of aloneness of thinking that you want to make a difference, but for a child, you don't necessarily have, you know, the resources or the tools with you yet. So, you know, you talked a little bit about, well, I decided to create my, create my own. That's a huge step. Tell me about that process. So, yeah. So I was eight years old when I founded it. And at first it was just a blog. I would give tips, ideas, and I'd post things such as today, my grandmother called me Emma. And I would say how I went into my grandmother's Mm. world. And that's your mom's name. Yes. So at first it was confusing for me. And I would tell my grandmother, my name is not Emma, I'm Haley. And then I sat down and thought to myself, my grandmother is not going to understand that. So why don't I go into her own world? Instead of confusing her, I'll just go along with being Emma. So it won't stress her out. So I posted that on my blog. I said, today, this happened to me. And here's a solution. And people like this because, you know, it's not just me. Millions of kids are dealing with this. Yes, they are. And a beloved grandparent, you know, that may have been fine in their, 
you know, even a little bit older, you know, they may have a history with a grandparent or a parent in some cases, if you if you have a father that's, you know, considerably older or that has early onset Alzheimer's, that that's a whole other situation. And certainly Alzheimer's disease is like this really scary thing for so many people. And it's like, you know, even though the person that has Alzheimer's, they kind of go through the least amount of stress because they don't realize it. But the family around them, it can be confusing. And especially to reach kids your age, I can imagine there's a lot of fear and trepidation. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you've discovered and what was the process you went through to even understanding about Alzheimer's? Yeah, so it was scary at first. I noticed that my grandmother had to make some lifestyle changes. She couldn't live alone. And it was scary because I didn't understand what she was going through. Mm -hmm. But I realized that if I worked together, I could find ways to what I call go into her world to Mm -hmm. help her because sometimes she would get stressed. We would be walking and it would be time to bring her back into the nursing home she lived and she wouldn't want to go. And she would like scream. And I thought to myself, what are some ways to calm her down? So one way I would do it is I would hold her hand. I'd say, come with me. And it would make her calm down. And I realized that this wasn't just me. And people would reach out to me. They would email. They would say that their grandparents were giving them some hard times. And they would ask me for my suggestions. And I would help give them suggestions. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you lo- you learned suggestions primarily through your own experience. Did you consult other people in the industry? How did you learn all these amazing things? So I would work with guidance counselors, and some of it would be my own experiences. I would go into classrooms and talk with my students, and they would say that they had grandparents, and they didn't realize, but they were going through similar things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you were really young at this point. How old were you when you first started this? I started when I was nine. Oh my goodness. And, and so through that process of caring for your grandmother at nine years old and realizing that you can make a difference. I mean, how did that, I I can't imagine a nine-year-old even having the capacity to understand that. So, you know, this is where I think our listeners would love to learn. How did you get inspired to do something? I got inspired to do this because I felt you know, instead of waiting for someone to come out of a support group or help others, maybe I can be the change. Maybe I can help other kids. And that's what I really wanted to do. Well, you did an amazing job. And, and certainly, um, you know, with the support of, I'm sure a wonderful family around you. um, And it sounds like they took very good care of your grandmother. um, She was probably really blessed till she passed away in 2020, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. So, as a child, I think there's a lot of families around the world, you know, obviously, that have kids of all ages. What are you finding kind of is the, is the temperature amongst young people? Are they curious? Are they, um, you know, neutral? Are they confused? What are you finding most? I think it might be curious and confused. Like at first, they might be confused what's happening, but I think they're curious to understand how to cope with this. And they might be sad, but they can realize that, you know, they're not alone. And there are 1.8 million children who are caregivers. So we can all help each other. That is amazing. And when you define that 1.8 million in the U.S. uh, caregivers uh, that are children, is that under what age? I think under 18. Okay. And they're actually 
fulfilling caregiving duties. Is that correct? Yes. What, what, what kind of things are you, you know, what kind of other kid caregivers are you meeting and, and how is that happening? I've met people who have had to care for their grandparents, such as helping them to take a shower or feeding them on a daily basis. So there's many different levels. Wow. Wow. And, and certainly in, in that process, it's like finding that role for you to fill that you can feel fulfillment from, but also it's not so scary after a while when you know what you're dealing with. And I think that's really the key thing, isn't it? Yes, I agree. Yeah. So you um, were a quasi caregiver for your grandmother um, over time. Tell me about your relationship with your grandmother. Um, My relationship with my grandmother was very special. She was my best friend and I loved spending time with her, which is why I loved going on my blog. And one of the ways I love to spend time with her was doing puzzles because they stimulate the visual cortex. Mm-hmm. So um, I met Max Wallach, who is the founder of Puzzles to Remember, which is a nonprofit organization that I'm now the executive director of. Mm-hmm. And it gives and distributes puzzles to people who are living with Alzheimer's disease Amazing. and the nursing homes. So I thought, you know, my grandmother loves the puzzles. And when I would take my friends to the facilities. We would solve with other people on my grandmother's floor. So I mm-hmm. thought, why not make this for all nursing homes? So I created Puzzle Time, where high school students or Girl Scouts or anyone who wants to volunteer could come and for an hour, they can get community service hours for solving puzzles with people with Alzheimer's disease. And it creates an intergenerational connection. And it's really beneficial for both. That's it's amazing. And of course, puzzles are so valuable. Um, And certainly to have this type of a resource for kids, um, you have this amazing website out there. And we're going to talk a lot about kid care, kid caregivers and puzzles. Is it what is your puzzle time? Is it called puzzle time? Yeah, yes. Um, uh, Through this hour and and Haley, I I'm telling you, you know, how can we support you? I want to start this way and we're going to repeat this throughout the hour. So little, tell us a little bit about, you know, how we can support your cause. So some ways you can support the cause is by donating because we want to get puzzles into facilities that don't have a lot of resources Mm -hmm. that are marginalized. And we want to get puzzle time in there and you can contact us to volunteer and we can help set you up a facility that doesn't have a lot of resources mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can help make a difference. Yeah. Well, and we at Answers for Elders are certainly willing to help you in that effort. And, uh, you know, we work with some of the top, you know, amazing facilities across the country, as well as community centers, um, different types of, of uh, marginalized communities and things like that, um, how you're helping those and, and certainly, um I'm just thrilled to have you on the program and certainly to just t- if to our listeners, um, it, you don't even have to have a loved one with Alzheimer's. I mean, I know that here in Washington state, um, there are now I want to get the figure right. There's almost 400,000 um, people in our state that suffer with Alzheimer's. Wait, I got that wrong. 150,000 in the state of Washington, and they're being cared for by close to 400,000 unpaid family caregivers. That's what the statistic is. Sorry about that. My mind got a little bit uh, frazzled there. Um, But 
everybody, I believe, has some sort of a connection to someone with Alzheimer's, dementia, or knows of a story. Um, we also, there's church groups, there's things out there that you can get involved in. And certainly to donate on, even just to go on Amazon and send puzzles. I mean, I'm sure you have a way for people to do that. Um, do you, Haley? Yes, we actually have specialized Alzheimer's puzzles by Springbok. And oh, that's what, wonderful. And what's really nice about them is sometimes someone with Alzheimer's disease can't really solve a puzzle that let's say is 500 pieces. You know, it's very difficult. Yeah. So these puzzles have um, 36 pieces mm-hmm. and they're large so that people can see them. Perfect. And what's unique about them is most puzzles that don't have a lot of pieces have very kid-like images, but someone with Alzheimer's wants something adult-like. So they mm-hmm. have skies or Paris. It's also yeah, a great awesome. starter. Answers so for Elders Radio Show with Suzanne Newman hopes you segment. found this podcast useful you, in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness and living Learn about our radio show, receive promotional discounts and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForElders.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.